We have a new sponsor that we're really excited about. Unforgettables is a small company that paints art that's then printed onto baseballs. Super detailed, definitely check out their designs. They have balls for Shea Stadium, City Field, and Yankee Stadium. You totally need to see it. Also, they have some baseball history balls, like a Core 4 ball and a Yogi Berra tribute ball. Definitely check them out at unforgettables.com. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be found online and listed in all major podcast directories, like Apple, Spotify, and Google. Let's grow something great together. Welcome to the latest edition of the New York Baseball Podcast. I'm your co-host Ari, along with my co-host Noah. Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back, indeed. Today, we're joined by a very special guest, Chris Mazza. He used to play. He's a former pitcher for the Mets. Right now, he's on the Red Sox. Uh, Chris, welcome aboard. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. All right, Chris. So just to start, how's, how's your family doing? How's everyone doing in response to COVID? Yeah, everybody's doing good. Uh, my little brother and his wife just had their first baby uh, a couple days ago. On oh. the so, you know, they're doing good. They're all in California. And then uh, me and my fiance and her family were down here in Florida. Awesome. Very nice. Congratulations about that. Um, so our next question um, is going to be, so what inspired you to play baseball? And what was you, you, you already told us you were a Yankees fan, but we weren't recording at that time. But uh, so what inspired you to play baseball? And who was your role model growing up? Did you have a favorite player? Um, I mean, what inspired me to play baseball is I just fell in love with the game at such an early age when I was four and just kept on playing. My older brother played when we were growing up, so that was always fun to watch him. And then he never really – Went much farther than high school. He kind of stopped playing. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I just fell in love with the game. And my favorite player growing up who I always try to be like was Derek Jeter. Gotcha. Nice. Yeah. I had a feeling you were going to say that because I know you grew up a Yankees fan and just Derek Jeter and everything. Yeah. Well, I also played shortstop all through uh, high school mm -hmm. and college. Oh, so what made you transition to being a pitcher? That's what they drafted me as. <laughs> was that your second position or something? <laughs> um, I told our coach my junior year that I wanted to close. And, mm -hmm. I mean, they weren't too excited about it. And, and we did some stuff in the fall. And next thing I know, I ended up being our closer. And next thing I know, I stopped getting talked about getting drafted as a shortstop and <laughs> I got drafted by a pitcher as a pitcher. I guess any way to make it to the majors, I mean, right? It works. You it worked. Made it to the big leagues. It was <laughs> a long road, but it works. <laughs> For sure. All right. So Chris, just want to talk more in depth, kind of like what was the process that led to your signing and kind of like what contact did you have with scouts like along the way? I went to a small division three school that had 800 students. Um, what school? Menlo College in Palo Alto in California. Nice. Um, basically, I just walked on there because, I mean, D3, you can't give any scholarships or anything. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where I had a big growth spurt after high school. I went 
from graduating from 5'10 to walking into my freshman year of college at 6'2. Um, so I had a lot of growing issues my senior year. So it wasn't that great of a season. But, um, you know, when I hit that growth spurt, it kind of like I got all my old tools and uh, mm -hmm. movements. Everything started to click again. That's kind of when uh, baseball actually looked like a real possibility. Right, yeah. So um, our next question is, so obviously you made it to the big leagues now. You're on the um, – you're on the big league roster. You made your debut with the Mets last year. And I watched it. You did a great job. And trust me, I am I, a huge Mets fan. I watched every single Mets game. So, like, I, I watched, like, every single one of your outings. But um, so before you made it to the show, uh, what was life like in the minor leagues? Uh, for example, where did you stay during road trips? What was travel like? All that jazz. Um, awful. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's really – it's really – it's interesting. Um, you know, coming from a small school, I don't really know any better, but I know a lot of guys that I've played with going from like big time colleges into minor league life. Um, it's kind of a downgrade with travel and stuff like buses, you know, maybe even I definitely probably locker rooms. A lot of the locker rooms, minor leagues are, are pretty bad. Um, the buses aren't that great at the lower levels. Uh, they start to get better at AAA. AAA, you get usually take two buses or you fly, depending on how far you have to go. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can imagine somebody coming from like USC or oh, yeah, of course, Vanderbilt, yeah. and then yeah. going to rookie ball, and you're just like, what <laughs> did I just get myself into? Yeah. Um, hotels are, they're interesting in, in mm -hmm. certain places, depending on where you go. I mean, <laughs> some of, some of these places are in the middle of nowhere. That yeah. Was, I mean, I was, I was just going to say, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes you're staying at a red roof inn or, or something like, uh, I mean, not that they're terrible, but I mean, there be some that are yeah. little sketchy neighborhoods or whatever, you know? <laughs> And then it's like you get in the big leagues and it's like, oh, I'm staying at Luke's Carlton tonight. I guess. <laughs> I'm like way out of my element. That's a crazy yeah. transition. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a big difference. So, yeah, so we have a lot of young viewers. So I think they're kind of, they kind of want to know like kind of like what's going on like behind the scenes. So if you could just kind of talk about like, what's a typical day for you? Like, like with a day game or a night game, kind of like, what does your routine kind of look like? How do you prepare? game as a relief well, let, let's go with a night game because that's usually mostly what they are <laughs> so basically depending on what time the game gets over the night before is what time I'm gonna get up but uh and if depends if I'm starting or if I'm in the bullpen if I'm a starter and I'm like it's my start day I'll try to get up like around around 10 o'clock <laughs> I mean <laughs> Yeah, I, so I, 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 you get to sleep in during the season. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> but, you know, on days that I don't pitch, I might wake up like at 12. Or wow. Well, when do you go to bed the night before, usually? <laughs> yeah, it really does. I mean, you got a 7.05 game. That game's going to be three hours. That's 10 o'clock. And then you think you're – 
at the field for another hour after the game. And then depending on how long your drive is home. And then sometimes, like me, I'm a night owl. So I get, I kind of get a little second wind at night. So I'm usually not going to bed till like one, two o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Right. So those day games, they really suck sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, um, yeah. So basically I'll just wake up and maybe make some breakfast or go get something to eat. Um, just to get the body going a little bit on my start days. That way I don't feel so droggy when I get to the field. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so our next question has to do with coaches. So I'm sure like you've loved all your coaches and, um, teammates growing up through the league. I mean, maybe there was a coach or two that you weren't a big fan of, but like, I'm sure that you, you probably like, like all your coaches in the leagues, but, um, were there any coaches that had a specific impact on you and how you became a major league player? Um, yeah, I think one of my biggest coaches through pro ball that's helped me the most was Storm Davis, and he was my double-A coach in, uh, with the Mar- when I was with the Marlins in Jacksonville. And it was during a year where I have, I was having a really good year. I think I ended the season with a 301 in double-A, and I, I didn't get moved up. I got stuck in double-A the whole year, and he was fighting for me to get moved up just basically saying, just keep grinding, just keep grinding. He goes, I've been fighting for you every day to get you moved up because there's no reason for you to be here. I mean, you, you beat this level, you need you need to get moved up. And he goes, if it's not with Miami, somebody's going to need you. Mm-hmm. And he goes, just stay, keep the same attitude and – Everything just keep kind of just plugging away. He goes, you're going to be in the big leagues. Just wait. He was right. <laughs> yeah, he was right. Yeah. yeah. So, obviously, you know, you play with the Mets and, you know, now you're on the Red Sox organization. Were there any, like, really cool players you've gotten to meet that you really enjoyed just hanging out with or bonding over baseball? Um, I mean – there's, uh, I mean, there's so many players that we played with. Um, you know, I got to – when I was in Miami, I got to know Christian Yelich a little bit through spring training and stuff. Um, he's a really good dude. Um, JT Rimuto. Like, kind of like with Miami was kind of like my first little taste at in, like, the big leagues with big league camp and stuff. Um, so, getting to know a lot of those guys, guys like um, – no, oh, why am I drawing a blank? Uh, Cam Maben, yeah. Yankees. Yeah, now he's on the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. So Cam, Cam was awesome. He he's been one of my favorite guys that I've I've got to know. Um, we'll still, I'll still text him every once in a while. See how he's doing and everything. Um, Byron Buxton was one of my uh, really good friends when we were coming up with twins together. He definitely uh, surpassed me a little bit. He got he got there a little quicker than I did. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, Miggy Rowe is awesome. Martin Parado, those guys are great. Um, getting to know last year, like Stephen Matz, um, Jake Degrom, Noah, all those guys, Stroman. Um, who else? Todd Frazier is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> People. Um, 
I got to uh, talk with Joe Panic a little bit from when he came over because you know, him being with the Giants for so long and me being from the Bay Area and us being the same age, <laughs> we kind of <laughs> got to talk and like, you know, just like ask where he lived when he was over there and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's been a, there's been a lot of guys that it's really been fun. Uh, JD Davis. And then JD Davis actually played, uh, went to the same high school as one of my best friends that I played with in college. Wow. So. Yeah. Small world. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. And then like JD Martinez with guys like over here, uh, Marcus Walden, Matt Barnes, all those guys have been great. Salesman, really nice to start talking to. Um, yeah, I mean, just so much knowledge in that clubhouse. Just oh yeah, with some of the older guys, even well, some of the more experienced guys. <laughs> I wouldn't say necessarily <laughs> older because I'm kind of like one of the older guys. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun to talk to those guys and actually like you're actually hanging out with them and not just watching them on TV anymore. So yeah, you know, like, exactly. <laughs> a, uh, reality check sometimes. <laughs> um, so one of our final questions, and we might have one more after this, but obviously there's been a lot of talk with negotiations with the MLBPA and the owners and contracts and all the prorated stuff and the money. Um, I'm not asking what your opinion is, but what's your prediction? What do you think is going to happen in the 2020 season? Dude, I to be honest, I have no clue what. <laughs> like it's literally, I think it's a flip of the coin. Yeah, honestly, it, yeah. it really. And personally, I don't think if something doesn't happen this week, I don't think we'll have a season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it just seems very unlikely with how many things are going back and forth. Um, and I, I really feel. For the, for the minor league players, right, like who don't make the league minimum, which is half a million dollars. Like I feel for those guys um, with like, I'm not sure if you heard, but like the athletics owner or GM came out today, said that he won't be paying his minor leaguers anymore. I couldn't believe hearing that because, I mean, if anything, I mean, I don't want to say don't pay the major leaguers either. They deserve their money too. But like the minor leaguers get paid like close to nothing. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've been there for yeah a lot a lot of years. Um, I mean, to be honest, we're not going to be getting paid after this month either. Mm -hmm. We don't have a season; we're done getting paid. Mm -hmm. right. So it's not like I mean, I know the the price is significantly different on what we were getting paid to compared to what they were getting paid, and I mean, it's I mean, it's not like one. One group's getting paid and the other one's not. I mean, there's probably not going to be a minor league season, I would predict, because their first priority is going to be the big leagues because that's where the money is. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it's going to be possible to have a minor league season. I don't even know if it's possible to have a major league season right now. I It's – it's way out off my pay grade, so it's a it's a coin flip because like, um, it's just 
with all the negotiations they're going back and forth obviously it just and i i also heard talks about like possibly strikes happening because of this because of like just like them. i just feel like it's a bad look because I, I feel like all we want is baseball right and just like whatever takes that baseball yeah. and like um as long as there's some income coming in and as long as people can make a, like a living life with it like just want to say baseball man like that's pretty much it for me <laughs> dude i i'm right there with you man <laughs> i would love to play but if we're not gonna play we're not gonna play just i'd rather just get an answer kind of yeah so we can get this thing figured out and then kind of know where to go next or what to do because I want to keep on getting ramped up and then all of a sudden we're not going to have a season and then it's like okay I could have been resting for the last uh, yeah and so, so what have you been what have you been doing to keep to keep busy during these times like did I literally fish every day <laughs> I'm nice. like walking around canals down in Florida and Fort Myers and just trying to stay busy because my fiance she'll be working on the computer for she does stuff for Amazon right now and so she's literally in front of the computer at the house from seven in the morning till four in the afternoon so it's like yeah well so we also saw like we did some research as well so so we like know like your backstory before you came on like so we like know where we're like um all your playing is gone but we saw on your Wikipedia page it said that Mazza is related to Joe DiMaggio by way of his grandmother. So I just wanted to ask. I was waiting for that one. I was for you guys bring that one up. <laughs> yeah, so now you know why I grew up a Yankees fan. Um, <laughs> it's, my, it's my grandma's cousin. So uh, okay. Joe, Dom, and Vince are my grandma's uh, first cousins. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, no, I think we have one more question, right? Just one final question. Kind of want to get your opinion. So. I was during the off season, a hot topic was the whole Astros and like the whole sign stealing scandal. Plus, you were a relief pitcher. Like, do you have any opinions on that? Like, with sign stealing in general and the, with the Astros investigation? Um, I mean, to be honest, there's a certain way to go about it, and there's a certain way not to go about it. If you can do stuff on the field that has nothing to do with video mm-hmm. or any electronics that are going on during the game. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go watch, if you go watch film from an outing of mine before, so say you're watching your at-bats against me mm-hmm. and you are happening to see the video of what the catcher's putting down, okay, mm-hmm. with runners on second, yeah. that's fine. Mm-hmm. Course. I should adjust to the next time I play you guys with mm-hmm. my signs. I should either change it up or something. If you if they were able to find something, now mm-hmm. if you take those signs and put them in like a computer and have them do an algorithm to be like, oh, he was doing shake second or follow the two or like one of these that they can that the computer can analyze that and like say which signs that you were doing. Well, that's you, you shouldn't be able to do that. But if you're able to be smart enough and actually look and write the stuff down, like that's fine. And then if you're obviously if the guy at second base is doing it is picking up the signs, well, first of all, you need to change your signs because your signs are way too. <laughs> yeah. You know. Second of all, well, 
there used to be a thing that you would place the game and that doesn't happen anymore. But I'm telling you, if that, if that happens, I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to hit anybody, but I might throw one a high and tight or just back somebody off the play. I'm not going to hit anybody, but, and then I'm going to look at the guy at second base and go, you want to keep on stealing signs? <laughs> Stop it there or something's going to happen. Right. Yeah. But I mean, back in the day, that's what used to happen. And then somebody got smoked and then it was over. Yep. It stopped. Yep. Yep. You know, we're just policing ourselves. And now it's like, oh, like we got to feel good. Everybody gets a trophy. Nobody get hurt. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you on that. I, I, I definitely, I like the philosophy of you do something to our guy, we'll get him back. But as long as it's not that, like, like terrible. Like, like you said, like, no, there's, there's, a, there's a place, there's a time and a place to do it. And if you're going to do it, I mean, you shouldn't ever have to do it, but you play the game longer. Yeah. yeah. Right. So half the time it's not even on purpose. Half the time it's just like I went to throw somebody goes to throw an inside fastball and it just keeps running. Right. Mm-hmm. Or I can't tell you how many times I've seen guys get ejected on throwing change ups. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I know we got warnings, but I just threw a breaking ball. It right. was yeah. 80 miles an hour. Like, yeah, hit somebody. I'm gonna hit him with a fastball. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Um. So, like, do you do you think that there was obviously in this spring training um, a record number of um, Astros hit by pitches, at least in the spring training that we saw so far? Like, it was on pace. I think there were like nine or something in the small short time we were there. And I, I'm just I'm just wondering your opinion. Not that you had like you have any insight like on like their like whatever they were doing, but like just wondering. Do you think that was on purpose, all the hit by pitches, or uh, do you just think that was like a coincidence? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna plead the fifth on that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> All I can say is what you expect was gonna happen. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I appreciate you even, uh, if, even yeah. if any none of them was on purpose on trying to hit somebody. I mean, they could have just been trying to throw hard in and be like, All right. Nah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate you giving your answer on that. We were we were debating asking you that. We just felt like it would be good. Nice to ask your opinion, like, shortly, and then just kind of, like, move on, because I know not a lot of people like talking about that topic. It's very, like, I don't know, whatever, yeah. But I appreciate you answering uh, those questions for us. I feel like that thing is so, like, over now. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that thing, (laughs) like, the COVID-19 basically. Oh, yeah. 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 Buried that thing. Yeah. Yep. Pretty sure, like, nobody even remembers. Yeah, that that used to be the biggest topic, and now it's kind of uh season no season what's going on <laughs> exactly yeah well chris i we really appreciate you coming on to our podcast today we hope this was um useful for our uh, young viewers um looking up to a major league pitcher like chris maza um you can go check us out on buzzsprout apples google spotify all the major platforms um yeah thank you so so much chris for coming on our podcast today we really appreciate yeah, thank it thank you so much and i had a blast thank you guys again for having me Thank you.